What up, breadheads? We Hello, are breadheads. live in the booth. <laughs> A booth, booth. Bye. Eric. Choo-choo. That's our um, host names. I'm Ty. This is Eric. This is Think Fresh Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. That is right. Name a better duo other than the Little Caesars root beer and uh, pizza combo. <laughs> mm. What was the last time you went to Little Caesars, Eric? Um, I haven't been inside of a Little Caesars in probably like 12 years, but I did order some on the failing DoorDash app. Um, mm. It did arrive at my house. I got two pizzas, some breadsticks, um, some marinara dip, and two liter of root beer and this wasn't even that long ago this was like maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago Mm-mm. it has been a few trips around <laughs> the sun since i also patroned uh lil caesar sounds like a rapper um mm-hmm. but that bread go crazy am i right that bread goes stupid crazy um that place is it just reminds me of like a pizza party in like school you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I've literally felt like a little kid <laughs> ordering that stuff. And it's so oily and greasy that you kind of have to like respect it beyond all, all other pizza brands. Like everything else is like tries to become healthy, but Little Caesars is stuck to its guns, you know? Totally. I f- find a weird comfort in Little Caesars for some reason, despite the food being terrible for my body and the patrons being probably dangerous criminals and. The locations of Little Caesars is never a pleasant place either. But when I step inside of Little Caesars, something about their interior design makes me feel like I'm safe. Like, I feel like no <laughs> bad thing's going to happen to me until I exit those doors. And that's really, it's really weird because they haven't done anything that I can think of that would inspire such comfort. They don't have any brick walls mm-hmm. or fake potted plants or warm colors, but yet i i feel that way do you do you know the feeling i'm i'm describing i do it just it's so down to earth mm-hmm. <laughs> it's they, very humbling. they haven't done any um they haven't done any like rebrands recently right like mm, i'm just no. thinking about the little like little caesar's guy and mm-hmm. he's just like the perfect little mascot and Dude, yeah. you know in this world of redesigns we don't need we don't need any of that shit we just need no. this little guy right here how long? You know, you know how long mean? do we gotten? Yeah, little little. He's wearing a um. What is that? A toga. <laughs> he's culturally appropriated <laughs> Mediterranean people. Um, mm-hmm. How how long Jesus do we have left? <laughs> yeah, before this little Caesar's little man goes three D. Oh like, fuck! Yeah, he's gonna go three right. D at some point. He's gonna get Pixar'd. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go Pixard, and then you're gonna get like mashups on the on the internet of him like doing the gritty or something. Yeah. <laughs> Once he's like been rasterized, <laughs> it were fun. Yeah, dude, he's gonna look like a your Mimoji. I bet he's got the same nose and hair as you. He's got a big nose, that's for sure, and <laughs> and some chest hair. Like he's mm-hmm. got a decent amount of chest hair, which is nice. And I like that they like included that, like. They don't have this guy wearing any of those like bullshit, uh, politically correct hairnets for um, food employees. No, yeah, because he would he would require a hairnet for his chest as well, and that's mm. just not it's not okay. I also love how he's tapping into the like masculine urge to hunt. His spear has been pierced the pizza pie right through the middle, and now he's joined 
enjoying the spoils of the hunt. And that's so cool <laughs> that it, they're like pro hunting. It's very barbaric. Yeah. It's very like primal. It's like it's you're just Joe Rogan. pizza. It is very Joe Rogan. That's so right. <laughs> He's the only hunter I know, the hunter and gatherer. Mm-hmm. Um, look at all the bugs he hunted for Food Factory, right? Like he collected all those himself, I imagine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he's got a producer tag on the credits of Fear Factor. So, I mean, someone's got to get all those worms, you know? Mm-hmm. Where, where are they getting bulk worms pre-internet? It doesn't really make sense. Like, pre-Amazon, they would get you, like, a whole carton of, like, scorpions. A pink <laughs> Would you try, like, a fried insect or scorpion? Or does that fall uh, outside of your jurisdiction? <laughs> oh, as a vegetarian... <laughs> it's a gray area for sure. I have eaten crickets before, fried crickets. I even had some last week in Mexico. Um, and wow. I feel like that's okay to eat because crickets are... You're telling, me, <laughs> you're telling me we have a food podcast and we did a whole episode about your trip in Mexico and we didn't talk about you eating crickets? Oh yeah, bro. I I was down in them. They they were spicy. They had the head on them, <laughs> the wings on them. It was the whole the whole shrimpy. Hmm. All right. So what what about crickets you're about to say? Well, I've heard rumors. I've never really Googled it, but I've heard, uh, maybe this is heresy, but that they're a potentially sustainable form of protein because oh. they can be, their protein ratio is much higher than all other uh, animals. So they can feed the masses and mm-hmm. they don't have a very big carbon footprint because you could probably grow a cricket in like a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. You know? <laughs> Fully grown cricket, two hours old. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a barely legal cricket right there. But mm-hmm. you're right. Not only do they have <laughs> a small like carbon footprint, but they quite literally have a it's extremely tiny footprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like very... they take up almost no space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And they have presumably I'm a like a long shelf life because once you dry them up, they kind of just get petrified and there's no mm. like fat or anything to break down. So you can mm-hmm. store crickets in the pantry. Mm-hmm. You can store them in the pantry in a jar even. Um, mm-hmm. They just look horrible. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure they taste like almost nothing or like even like a, maybe like a cracker or something like nothing too crazy. Um, but just the fact that they physically have legs and a head um mm-hmm. but then again like so so do chickens and we eat those mm-hmm. so <laughs> what's the problem <laughs> well i think the problem eric is that we as a society go to incredible lengths to separate the animal from the food we don't call it po- pig we call it pork we don't call it cow we call it beef we make sure it's gone through multiple cycles of production to make it look nothing like the animal that it came from the cricket because you're hitting it raw it's mm-hmm. hard to separate what it looks like in the animal from the uh the substance that you're consuming and maybe as cricket consumption matures we develop we start putting cricket like ground cricket in things or maybe it becomes a cricket flax seed of some sort in that world right. it's now more physically separated people will be more forgiving of it but while it's still the, the shape of a cricket, I think it will creep people out. Are you telling me that you 
my co-host Eric, I've never crunched a cricky. <laughs> I've never crunched a cricky. Um, no, I have not. I have no like place to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't been to Thailand, you know, mm-hmm. or Vietnam or something. I haven't really dabbled in that in Mexico. The the five star resort I was staying in did not offer crickets. <laughs> mm. I was too focused on the prime rib tie to dabble in the crickets, but no, I, I have not tried. That's not to say I wouldn't, you know, if I was in the right environment, I would absolutely, um, you know, get into the crick. Dude, I, I, I encourage you if you get the opportunity to crunch those crickies, um, Coachella, mm-hmm. they, they have them behind the bar. So oh. if, you, if you ask nicely, the bartender may supply you with some of some from his personal bug collection. Um, Interesting. So mm-hmm. you have to inquire about the crickets. They don't have them on the menu. They used to be on their street corn, but the street corn has been discontinued from the menu, but they still have pantry <clears throat> crickets kicking about. Damn. If, you know, if the restaurant in your neighborhood has something on the menu called street corn, I'm sorry to say, but your rent's going up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, street corn served on a plate while you're sitting down. Yeah, exactly. By like an oil lit candle. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, Interesting. Do you think Subway has, I think Subway is, could be a force for good in this environment. They have a protein offering, which in our last episode we discussed, Subway must protect meat consumption at all costs to preserve their business model. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if they could peddle quickies to the masses and destigmatize <laughs> the bug bite <laughs> then bug uh bite. people they could open up a whole new sector of business you know help move the world to a more sustainable mm-hmm. place but also maintain those fat protein margins i wouldn't mind that and i think maybe a way they could do it is to integrate it into the veggie patty you know what i mean mm. it's already like a blended up brick of mush um, right why not just throw like a handful of crickets in there and you won't even like see it, but you get this like high protein option now for vegetarians. Mm -hmm. And that honestly, that veggie patty, that thing needs some crunch. Like it is like a soggy sponge. Yeah, dude, that thing is, that thing's soggy as hell, man. Um, That isn't if you are able to thaw it down uh, Mm because it comes frozen. (laughs) Dude, it's literally like the polar ice caps. It's frozen, but once it starts melting, it's just mush. (laughs) God damn it. Ty, we had a big week together. Big week. We we activated um, outside of the pod, and it's always a movie when me and you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we alluded to it last episode, so I thought it'd be good to follow up. You know, just circle back mm-hmm. with the Freddies on mm-hmm. what went down at our activation. Mm-hmm. Um, care to speak on it? Yeah, now is a good as time as any to reflect. What was once a novelty, Ty and Eric building IRL, has now become a fairly consistent segment on this podcast. Nonetheless, I still appreciate an opportunity to link and build with you uh last Mm -hmm. night last night night before last eric and i uh got booed up and then got chewed up at a local brand new italian restaurant after a few dinner and drink activation we retired to eric's crib where 
he whooped my ass at a game of pool and then we called <laughs> called it in from there i i couldn't i went home tail in between my legs oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always it's fun to it's always fun to show you you know how a pro gets things done um i was looking back at my photos from that night and i didn't take that many photos i didn't take any photos of the food actually, i actually only have one photo from that night and it's from a game of pool that you almost beat us in we did doubles it was a doubles pool mm -hmm. game but ty mm -hmm. in his first turn took out all of the balls except mm -hmm. for the eight ball so he was one move away from beating us and here's a photo i have ty i don't know if you can see that but it's just that oh, empty boy. board <laughs> wow it's and, beautiful um, and at this moment that's when things all went downhill for you because i think we came back to win this game you got pretty close or I you might have finished drop that top. eight ball. Yeah. Um, but you almost beat us in one turn, which would have been sad for me as an athlete, even though mm -hmm. this is not even close to a sport. Um, but as a competitor, I guess we should mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. As a competitor, um, that's way way more appropriate terminology. Uh, mm -hmm. Pool yeah. is making a comeback, though. I, At least in my Instagram algorithm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking yeah. about swimming. Swimming is still lame, but pool, the table, is uh, <laughs> becoming. And I think it's because people don't want to just. I think the new generation doesn't just want to drink for drinking's sake. They need an activity to subsidize the drinking. So because they're trying to like wean off, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because life tie is so easy now compared to the 1900s. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say 1900s, I, I'm just talking about the 90s. Mm -hmm. 1991 um, through nine <laughs> exactly um like life is so easy that we don't need to use alcohol as a way to disassociate from reality reality is fine we don't need to you know like wallow in our in our sorrows we can just mm -hmm. you know play games um so drinking itself is not enough for us to bond over we need to like mm -hmm. we need to stay in reality as well and you know play some pool dude i totally get that i feel like zoomers are trying to engage with reality more well everyone older than them is trying to still disengage they're caught in old ways mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right um speaking of trying to engage with old ways <laughs> um, <laughs> old subways old subways no i meant um traditional methods of cooking italian food this mm -hmm. restaurant that we went to didn't really do that and i thought it was kind of interesting your side of the table was very green, whereas uh -huh. my side of the table, me and Bay, it was very red. It was kind of like a Christmas dinner, if you think about it. A little bit, a little bit. And my side wasn't green because of my vegetarian diet. It was green simply because every pasta I ordered had a green sauce. Here's what I think, Eric. <laughs> I think it's because this Italian restaurant is owned by a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, let's just... Yeah, let's just name drop this place. So it's Osteria Povera in Pomeria. This place, Povera. This place, if you spend a good 30 seconds on our website, you'll quickly find the originals logo mm -hmm. in the footer or somewhere. Yeah. And, local um, Mexican haunt. Local Mexican establishment. Um, don't know if they have any crickets on the menu, but they have really good enchiladas, wet and dry. Actually, I guess they're always wet. It's an enchilada. I'm thinking about wet and dry burritos. Um, place is great. So I had high hopes for this place, but obviously Mexican cooking does not translate very well to Italy, I don't think. Um, 
Mm-hmm. We both kind of like rated our pastas pretty low. I gave it a four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm somewhere in four territory as well, Eric. And it was simply because mm. it was too dry. It it was there. It wasn't saucy. You know, they need to make the pasta wetter. I mean, yeah, mine was no, mine wasn't saucy at all. It was it was kind of like a meat sauce, but there was no tomato base. You know what I mean? It was just like. Mm-hmm. So it was like a pasta with like a pulled pork thing on it, you know? Yeah, you ordered Ray Goo, like. but you got Ray Gross. Yeah, I got Ray Goop. <laughs> <laughs> the red flag, though, was looking at the cocktail menu. I think, actually, the the real red flag was when we sat down and they gave us the menus. And the menus were, <laughs> every person at the table got their own personal, like, android tablet with a pdf of the menu <laughs> on it <laughs> and then, like, what i'm oh. just gonna hold this giant screen in front of me dude i've yeah, never wished are. more for a qr code than that moment i know you there's like a hierarchy of evil qr code is up there but at the very top is your own personal android tablet <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know how to use android i kept swiping out of the pdf i didn't understand i don't understand yeah, I the gestures yeah, it was my first time using a non-retina display in like mm-hmm. five years, and it was really difficult to touch. Like, it, it felt like very, just like unresponsive, and like I couldn't tell if it was like the oil on my fingers or the oil on someone else's fingers before me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> someone clearly <laughs> asked for the menu after eating some wings or something. <laughs> They're like, "Let me yeah. test the menu again." <laughs> Well, after I polished off my first drink, I did want to revisit the menu, but not bad enough to hold that PDF again, that glowing yeah. square. So I had to, I had to just base off muscle memory alone, and that's simply the only reason I ordered a Peroni. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny? That it's like it's even just like a PDF on that thing because mm-hmm. you would assume if it's like an interactive digital menu, then maybe I can like I don't know navigate a website see some images but it's really just like a text document it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of crazy if you think about it's it it's a bit whack it's like the owners were so technically illiterate that they didn't know mm-hmm. how to host a menu online that they mm-hmm. went to the links of buying like 20 tablets for the restaurant instead <laughs> you know what's even more annoying ty the menu is online i'm, I'm looking at it right now no oh no <laughs> we could have just gone on our phone yeah. Uh, so, whatever agency designed the menu online, <laughs> like, did a, obviously a much better job because this is actually instant, it's quick. You know what I mean? I love looking at this compared to the PDF in stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to creative um, agencies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I was too hungry to even think about doing this. I just, you know, went along with the uh, plan. But mm-hmm. next time we go, if we ever do go, I unfollowed him on Instagram. That's how bad it was. But <laughs> but uh, if we ever do go back, I'm just going to say no thank you to the menu. <laughs> like I got this from here. I just opened up my iPhone 14 Pro Max and yep. take it from there. That's the right call. <laughs> and you know you're only touching your own finger grease. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought the yeah food was all right. The best part about it, though, was probably the free charcuterie at the beginning. Mm, I like that. We got some do that. spicy salami. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it was Full good. charcut, cheese, some sort of chutney, some meats, and a medley of different breads, all on the casa. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A meal, a pre meal for free before eating seems counterintuitive to business, but it really like helped like alleviate the problems I had with the paid meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy because you can't argue with for you can't argue with free. Like if anything free ends up in your plate and it's like mm-hmm. some somewhat decent, you're like, this was awesome. But then you mm-hmm. pay, like, I don't know, I don't even know what the prices are. I didn't, I didn't even look. But you, I, I did pay for the pasta and it wasn't as good as the free charcuterie. So there's yeah. something wrong here. There's something wrong. This is where Subway can do no harm, Eric, because as long as every vegetable is free on that menu. They can put a really low bar for quality. This is a great point because if I get some guac and I hate it, I'm like, why the fuck are they charging for this guac? It sucks. Mm-hmm. But the lettuce, it doesn't matter if it's brown or purple or green. It doesn't really has no idea. I don't even see color in that way. It's free. Yeah, dude. If you find a caterpillar <laughs> under your spinach leaf, you're like, damn, this really is fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Speaking of which, I found a caterpillar in my bed the other night. <laughs> Oh God! Do you leave your window open, I'm, or did you bring it in? I leave my window open. Outside? Um, I don't know, Ty. I don't know how bugs get in here at all because this thing—it's kind of like a really small, slow-moving caterpillar. So it must have taken it a week to climb up to the mm-hmm. fifth floor, which I live on. Um, I don't know. I have plants in here. Maybe it got in there with the plant, and then. Once I like watered it once, you know, it said, I got to get out of here. I knew where's my Noah's Ark, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Ty. Well, I feel like uh, caterpillars are the next bug to be bug bitten. Uh, not because of their like flavor profile or accessibility, but because they're simply people are eating caterpillars all the time. They're so omnipresent in household gardens they just come in with the leaf leafy greens and they end up in the salad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean it was an unwelcome sight maybe i need to work on myself a little bit more to when i you know when i train myself when i see a caterpillar to see food and not a threat um but i did see a threat that in that moment and i you know took care of it (laughs) it's very reflective of you thank you when you walk into Subway, do you see food or do you see a threat? <laughs> I see a threat to my insides, that's for sure. A threat to my health, um, a threat to my social image, mm-hmm. uh, my personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, potentially even my relationship. I don't know what the sandwich artist might be thinking at that given mm-hmm. moment. Interestingly enough, I also feel threatened. My, my personal brand feels threatened when I walk into Subway because. We have done a great, gone to a great length to distance our personal brands from Subway outside of this podcast. Um, kind of the same way like Batman and Bruce Wayne are a little different. But uh, more and more so, my friends and family and people I genuinely respect, which are, uh, is, a, is a special third party, um, are coming out, of the, uh, coming out of the woodwork, coming out of the lettuce bin and revealing themselves as subway enthusiasts <laughs> interesting so what kind of things mm-hmm. are they saying to let you know that they are in fact um enthused by subway they say things like 
I could eat Subway right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be it's pretty such good. An right odd, it's such an odd thing because, like, I don't know, maybe because we're too deep into it, Ty, but I think of Subway as, like, still kind of like a niche topic. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's there, but we don't really acknowledge it. Kind of like most things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hidden like in plain Chevron, sight, like your, you know like your I mean? caterpillar. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we never, it's there, obviously, but we never acknowledge it. Like, McDonald's is part of the, like, cultural conversation. It's like, yeah, everyone wants McDonald's after a night out. It's like some cheeky mm-hmm. nuggets. Um, there's so many things that are, like, embedded in the fabric of society that it's just, like, it makes more sense for people to bring up their love for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But Subway is just, like, not one of those things. So, it's really fascinating. I, I don't think people see Subway as a vice. Other fast food, fast food in general, has been seen as... A, like a, almost a sinful act like you're cheating the kind of your body if you go there and people love mm-hmm. to talk about their vices they love to share that mm. because it makes them edgy subway mm. it, subway has branded themselves as not a vice and therefore they cannot be edgy but i think as the controversies accumulate it, it, unless you're like i guess subway's but edgy in the sense that they like have a weird relationship with pedophilia. But beyond that, people don't really want to associate themselves with that edge, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's changing. And I think it's changing because Subway keeps showing up in popular culture as like, maybe not the good guy. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some like nefarious things happening there. And like, maybe it's not good for you, you know? And now people are seeing mm-hmm. it as a vice once again. They're like, oh, I want, I'm going to mm-hmm. eat a lot. I'm going to get a lot of sauce. I'm going to eat yoga mat bread. I'm going to have fake tuna. And I'm going to love mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm going to treat my body wrong and my mind right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you're onto something. So, like, if if McDonald's is Georgia Bush, then maybe Subway is, like, Bill Clinton, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like George Bush. It's, like, we kind of know you're, like, a weirdo. You know, mm-hmm. the whole time but you haven't revealed anything new that's weird it's kind of mcdonald's right it's like yeah yeah it is what it is they're pretty transparent about it but then mm-hmm. bill clinton it's like very charming guy you know mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like whoa what the fuck you do you've been doing that on your spare time that's crazy doing that nasty stuff um, eh? doing that nasty stuff kind of yeah. weird parallel with focal let's just call it what it is <laughs> it kind of is and honestly like subway kind of was focal on the jet was he on the jet with Epstein too? <laughs> Fogel's Island. <laughs> oh, wow. Honestly, though, it makes sense that you draw that conclusion because Subway also kind of has that value where it's like, we are not who we say we are. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think the jig is up. The mask is off. Subway's always been a mask off kind of place, but um, not the mask, the facade of the brand. Yeah. Absolutely correct about that. Um, wow. And Scotty Barnes isn't going to save him. <laughs> Scotty <laughs> Barnes is like one of the most mid players on the Raptors, and Raptors is like a mid team. Like, why is that even like the guy? Why is he the guy? Was he the why best he they the could guy? afford? There's no way. It's because he's got this really like outspoken, personable energy that I think Subway has latched onto. But like, th- that's dangerous because he's so young. He's like, hasn't really no not not yet eric's laughing not dangerous in that way um he's he's legal age eric, <laughs> he's but. the youngest he's the youngest nba player that's why they got him 
They should have played actually? Little League. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Should have. He certainly Wait. is out there. But I don't think he, he's like outspoken, but I don't think he's developed kind of the reserve maturity of a typical like face of a company. So I give it like two more NBA seasons for before Scotty Barnes tweaks something absolutely cancelable and then Subway has to drop him. And it probably mm. will be by accident. He probably won't actually know what he meant or said, but he's going to say something that will disenfranchise in a minority group of some sort. And Subway is going to be holding mm. holding the the pl- thin plastic bags and have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, Ty? I just Googled how old Scotty Barnes is. He's 21. He was born in 2001. Actually, wait, that would make him, yeah, August. So 2001, guess when Subway started um, advertising with Fogel? Was it 2001? 2000. Close enough, Ty. We're, we're, <laughs> we're on to something. Yo, that's insane. Like... So... Wow. Scotty Barnes, a known child during the Fogel rampage, growing up <laughs> watching Fogel rise and then fall, Still signed a deal with Subway. Mm-hmm. He was the Fogel. oppressed. He was a child. Whoa! Is uh, is Subway swinging the pendulum all the way in the other direction? It's like <laughs> we're gonna choose one of the victims to now represent the brand. It's very possible. Um, I wonder if Subway, in the same way that like a pedophile isn't allowed to like go near a school, like as a part of the like legal fallout of Fogel, if Subway is like not allowed to advertise with children or like employ children in their um, marketing campaigns. Like t- Scotty turns 21 and Fogel's like all over it, you know, or not Fogel, Subway's all over it. They're like, yeah, you're 21 now. We're coming after you. It's very like dicey. That is very dicey. Wow. So I guess a threat to children anywhere, Ty, is a threat to children everywhere. I think so. Insane. Um, Apparently in 2002, Fogel was on South Park and the title of the episode was called Jared Has AIDS. <laughs> Damn. Dude, South Park is insane, man. can't believe that we had that show. <laughs> I know. So, th- wow, there's, I have so many questions. I haven't seen this episode clearly, but... Um... Ty, so he was convicted in 2015. That means Scotty Barnes was 14. Is, there, is it possible? Ty, that <laughs> he was already known. He was already a known victim. I don't know where. Like, where did Scotty Barnes grow up? Let's do some triangulations here. Can you figure out where Jared Fogel grew? Up? Like, where was Jared Fogel living in 2015? Uh, let's see here, Indianapolis. Mm. Scotty Barnes' hometown is West Palm Beach, Florida. That's pretty far from Indianapolis. Damn. Well, we're this is Brett has this is live on air. <laughs> we we're we're doing some live research right now. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, mm. I don't know what else to say. I don't know if uh, I don't know if we'll find the answers here, but there is a picture of the subway that Fogel visited regularly, and dude, it's pretty scary. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> scary looking. Can you screen share that picture for me right now? Oh, absolutely. I don't know why, but this just looks terrifying. Oh my like, god. Okay. Breadheads, this is a crazy looking subway. Very cursed. 
uh, I will post this in our uh, Instagram story for the next 24 hours. So please <laughs> take a look. Um, it's unnerving because it feels like the subway's just been attached to a house. Like it looks like crimes happen there. It does look like crimes have happened there. Uh, crimes of passion. In this case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna close this. I don't want to look at this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Nasty, nasty ass. Wow. Yo, it it looks like the kind of like building that a they would film a like horror uh, a horror film like a the curse of the subway on the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What if Scotty Barnes played for the Indiana Pacers? That would be a weird turn of events. But unfortunately, be. he's plays for Toronto, our Canadian team here. It um, is unfortunate. How unfortunate. Another thing that's unfortunate, Ty, is um, Emma Leger, <laughs> her mm. new Olive Company. Is that right? Correct. Renowned Vancouver-based influencer Emma Leger had recently released her own brand of olives and they're not black olives there's a red olive and a green olive how unfortunate um (laughs) so this is like the the latest iteration of influencer starts food company you know i mean we have like emma chamberlain coffee stuff Mm -hmm. like that that 818 emma's olives is a thing yeah 818 oh the liquor ones just go on forever yeah Um, yeah but can you tell me more about this olive company and why is why is an influencer putting cute graphic design labels on olive jars? That's a great question, Eric. Um, well, I don't really follow Emma Leger that closely, but I do know enough about her to know that she is obsessed with olives. Uh, she is, in fact, the reason that I ordered the olives at Nightingale last time I was there. But wait, uh, hold on. Because, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> they were serving Emma's olives, or you just are a fan of her, and so you were like, "Let me live that life right now." I knew that she had tried the olives there and recommended them to her following, and oh, um, therefore it ended up in my feed, and therefore I thought I, I was influenced. Eric, what can I say? Okay. Okay, so let, let's hear more about these olives in question. How did Nightingale do the olive? Was it a blue cheese olive? Was it a red pepper olive? No. It was what I would call an olive medley. Oh. There was a, a bunch of different varietals. They were all really oiled up. Different sizes, too. I'm not very familiar with olive breeds. The only olive I'm intimately familiar with is a black sliced olive. <laughs> Uh, the ones that you may be familiar with on a foot long. <laughs> oh, I'm familiar, buddy. Um, the the value of the Nightingale Olive Medley is, uh, it's hard to find something better. It was there's so many little olives in that in that tray, and I think it came in around ten Canadian dollars. Mm. Okay, fascinating. Um, ten Canadian dollars. That's that's pretty reasonable i would say or maybe a little high actually i think savio is eight dollars for their little olive medley yeah, but their olive medley is about half the size as nightingales 
The worst bang for your buck olive oh. you can buy in Vancouver is at Juice Bar. You'll get six olives, and it costs $15. <laughs> wow, beautiful. Um, I was literally just looking at Juice Bar's Instagram today because it is a three-year anniversary of them delivering wine, which they don't do mm. anymore. But that was Shame. like something that, you know, I was holding on to in the pandemic. That I was, the ability mm-hmm. to get wine delivered, that, that made everything okay. Wait, so they're ser- ce- celebrating a service that they no longer offer? Yeah, make it make sense. <laughs> but but yeah. it was a, it was it's a fond memory of mine, and I can see why they did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but tie back to this like olive scandal. What the fuck is going on here, buddy? What is this? Okay. She, she's okay. this into olives. Like it says, olives in her bio. Dude, I it think says what lifestyle, it is. <laughs> lifestyle, fashion. <laughs> beauty and olives like what i'm gonna tell you what's happening here she's being influenced she saw another famous emma emma chamberlain release a coffee company and she thought what's my coffee bean damn you're right so it's all just a snowball effect here and you actually bought this i ordered some because i wanted to do it for the pot eric i want us to try both the kalamatas and the uh what's the other one castel vetrano I don't know. The green and the red ones. <laughs> the green ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, harvested in Italy and Greece. Mm-hmm. 35. Okay. So $35 for this two pack for the foot long. Um, these, these look pitted. Mm-hmm. I hope they're pit- pitted. So, huh. So do you think yeah, that there's like, is there like a group of girlies somewhere in the world that's like um, as- assembling right now? And they're like, we have to, we have to make a charcuterie board with Emma's olives. <laughs> like, that's like the final. Once you do that, you've beaten the boss of life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's like a niche inf- like fashion influencer for every charcuterie element, and mm. there's some oh, Depop girly out there that's been able to put it all together for Girls' Night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine the Revolve tent this year at Coachella. There's going to be like Emma's Olives, Chamberlain Coffee, um, 818. It's going to be a movie, bro. And if you're not there, then you're missing out. Yeah, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of tummy aches in the Revolve tent this year. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dude, girls are going to be shitting. (laughs) They're going to be shitting their pants with Emma Emma Chamberlain's coffee. I OD'd on the bean. Uh, It does open up a... These girls uh, can't handle the bean. (laughs) Um, I like to think of Think Fresh podcast as influencers. We're obviously already in the culinary space. What is our grosh of choice? What do we go live with first? <laughs> I would love it if we bottled our own variations of Subway sauces, but with some Think Fresh mm-hmm. brandy. I think that would be really dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly all these other companies are just getting like white label olives and white label like salami from some like food provider like probably the same supplier mm. that walmart has and then smacking their pinterest brand on it <laughs> exactly they're they're hiring someone on fiverr to do a very thoughtful millennial graphic you mm-hmm. know cute orville <laughs> blob mm-hmm. um packaging design but you know what Ty? i've cracked the code i think i know exactly what we should go to market with and you're not ready for how smart this idea is I, i'm just letting you know right now so Think about the elements of what makes something tasty, right? 
you got salt, fat, acid, heat, and you got umami. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we're going to make. We're going to make a sprinkle, like a seasoning salt that you put in your sandwich. And it's mm. going to taste like a Subway sandwich once you do that. That's the umami. Oh, of course. That's the umami. Oh, yeah. We should call it umama. <laughs> umama. That's actually pretty good. Umami. Upapi. <laughs> Upapi. <laughs> Uh, that's a pretty good idea. So, see, I I just think that's what we should do, and um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it'll kind of be like the Italian uh, seasoning that you get at mm-hmm. Trader Joe's, um, but it'll be Subway flavored. Dude, I brought I bought the everything bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's because people in my network are like, bro, it goes on everything. You have to own it. It's everything for everything. I haven't used it once yet. It hasn't even been cracked <laughs> in my cupboard. I don't know what to put it on. Yeah. Why do I need to put every, yeah. everything seasoning on anything? I don't know. My um my my ball and chain will make me lunch from time to time, and she'll she'll put it on eggs, like scrambled eggs with some everything seasoning, which honestly it's, it gets a little old. Ty, you don't really need that every time. It's mm-hmm. it's too like too powerful of an ingredient that once you use it on everything, it's like you get sick of it really quickly. So oh, I bet. Yeah, once you once you crack that thing, I, I suggest you are, you know, use it sparingly. It's too powerful. <laughs> yeah, it should. They should change it to like a some sometimes seasoning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like a, not everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think all food in general could be more humble. You know, <laughs> like why has somebody got something called the monster on their menu? Like, stay mm. humble. Yeah, I know. I want the J. Cole meal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, cold cuts with mustard on plain white bread. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to do about this new influencer craze of starting a DTC food brand. Um, I kind of just like, you know, I fuck with the classics a little bit too much. Like, even 818. I don't know if I need the you know, designer tequila, you know, give me my, uh, give me my 1942 and I'll be happier. Right. You know? It's just pretty funny coming from a guy who has two bottles of bait one weight eight currently on his counter, but it is kind of crazy that they would want to try <laughs> to go head to head with like our friends, Jose or Don. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I heard you furiously type tequila brands and then <laughs> tell me that <laughs> you don't know anything about what I'm typing. I'm, I'm in our DMs. I'm replying to listeners. They they ask me yeah. questions all the time about my personal life. Mm-hmm. I, I try to yeah. entertain the fans. Hey, you know what? That actually gives me a good idea. I think a goal for this pod should be to DM Emma or at least DM her assistant and get a free you know press pack of Emma's olives. I'm sorry to hear mm. you bought them already, Ty, but we should try to get them for free on the pod. Um if not, I'll enlist my GF to do that. That's a really great idea because we could offer to compare them to Subway's olives and go mm-hmm. tit for tat and see which one performs better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's either Emma's olives or Demna's olives. <laughs> the all black ones. Yeah. Demna's um, olives are a force <laughs> for the people. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, there we go, Ty. I think that's that's a great next step, and I think we should 
um, get to it. All right. We'll, we'll circle back on this next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, okay. Shout out to the Breadheads. Mm-hmm. Shout out to um, our new podcasting friends. New big things coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to you, Ty. It's always a pleasure. I love a shout out. I appreciate that. You as well, Eric. Have a strong weekend. Looking forward to collaborating with you on Tuesday. Yeah, later, bro. Ciao.